Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Stephanie, hello. Hey, Ed. So as we want to get going, before we start, we're going to do it. We're going to ask for you to be a subscriber, to like, to comment, to get the algorithms fired up so that we can get our message out, grow our YouTube channel. Aside from the audio, you may be listening on this on audio. You may want to go to YouTube. I don't know. We have thousands of audio listeners. I'd sure like to get the YouTube channel up there, Stephanie. Yeah, me too. Maybe we just have faces for radio. Maybe we just have faces for radio. That could be it. (laughs) Either way, please like, subscribe, comment, let us know what you like, what you don't like. And if you don't like, that's okay. At least uh, we know and we can uh, actually kind of maybe adjust some of our conversations that way. So let's get to work on this particular podcast. We've got an interesting topic and I don't really know what to call it. Uh, I don't want to give it away just yet. I just know that globally and, you know, provincially within our city, within most people's lives, they're feeling a lot of change. Now that's coming off the heels of the pandemic and all the things that went on. We've talked extensively about that. It seems to be an ongoing conversation, not just with us, but with many people as we transition out of this whole lockdown scenario that we all went through and the pandemic scenario and all of the changes that that really drove for people mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I'm going to leave it there. Give me some thoughts, and then we're going to talk about what the real topic is here that's not just about change. No. I, well, yeah, change, because, you know, everybody wants change, but nobody seems to want to change, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this is an important topic, not just about change, but about what happens when we are, in a sense, feeling a change coming or being forced to change or to, having to look at change as being com- uncomfortable um, entering the conversation more about uncertainty and and what the what the magic is in uncertainty and and through the process of change, what can actually happen and how we can set ourselves up to win on a different level if we're prepared to uh, to uh, do what we're going to do with this topic. So you know, there's a new definition of insanity that I came to, and it, it, it's kind of relative, but not. But I I want to share my new definition of in, insanity, and that is when we expect the government that is causing the problem to be the solution for the problem that it created, we are all losing our minds. And, you know, I I share that because as we go through a lot of the changes that are happening and unfolding right before us, we are in fact dealing with changes that are beyond our control. And we often talk about the philosophy and the mindset and being stoic and realizing that there are so many things that are happening that are beyond our control And all we really can control is our thoughts, our processes, and, you know, really the emotionality, how we react to those changes that are happening. And, you know, when I came up with that definition of insanity, if we continue to live into this expectation, and I see it a lot, 
I sometimes actually fall into it. I actually go, when is the government going to fix this? And I go, what a ridiculous thought process that is. And this speaks to what we're talking about in this change. 100%. It's funny, you know, when you think about the de- the old definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, I think that's also part of um, the resistance to change. And I, you know, we think about results and you think about taking action, making mistakes, a result, making a choice to either do something again or to stop doing something. That's all mindset. And I think when we define mindset in terms of, of change and what it can create, from positive and negative, it's there's just results that happen. Um, I think we could dig into it a little bit in a way that um, we can take more responsibility for our actions and how we perceive change. You talk about the Stoics, you know, we, we can only control what we can control and our response to things. But I think we're in entering a state of, uh, of life for me anyway, and maybe it's just my age, but whereby I'm starting to see that the changes that I'm being forced to make externally, I'm not in choice. I actually, when I'm having to make a choice, I'm feeling pressure and sometimes even coerced. Think about some of the new taxes that are coming on online in Canada. Like, I don't want to be doing the government's work for them. The CRA and all the Canada workers just went on strike because they don't want to go to work for two days a week and they want to make way more money and stay home. Mm-hmm. And that that's on me. I have to pay for that. And now I'm doing more work. So these are changes that I think if we shine a light on we don't have to always like it and maybe, you know, we have to eventually find a stand potentially. Yeah, potentially. And let's not minimize what the workers were striking about. And I'm not, believe me, I'm the last person that will, uh, you know, stand and say, we, you know, they should strike. I, I don't buy into any of it. I'm always, uh, you know, kind of suspect of public service anyways, but you know, it wasn't just about two days a week. It was about pay raises and working conditions got it how much they do i mean there was a lot to it i just don't want to minimize it that's all that's it that would be that's fair i appreciate that and i guess i get all fired up about it because as a self-employed person you know i the government workers were not effect we're not at the effect of the lockdown and businesses shutting down they still got paid and now they want to get paid more so yeah do i have an issue and we may lose some listeners because we do have some dear friends and colleagues and clients that are government workers we're not talking about you we know you work hard i'm just talking about the concept about the about the 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 way that the change or the um the demands were were but I thought they were yeah, yeah. I think that's always you know that you know is interesting I got into a little bit of a banter on Twitter with a guy who's going you know they deserve it they need to walk out that's the only way they can do it and I go why would I you know why is it okay for them to put me out like why is it okay for them to cause the inconvenience to thousands of people tens of thousands or yeah, really hundreds of thousands. Why is that okay? And he says, well, no, they're not going to do that. You know, they're have a skeleton crew working. And I've just said to him, I go, they, if they were able to strike without inconveniencing anybody, they would lose all negotiating power. So trust me, we're going to be very inconvenienced. And he goes, well, we'll see. Well, you know, three days later I go, okay, so into the we'll see part. You know, what part of delayed passports and delayed returns of, you know, income tax and all the, uh, there was a, a number of things that were showing up, immigration files being already late now, even later. And so there was a oh, yeah, ton of, so good news is they're all back to work. So this isn't the point. So the point of is, is that as much as this may sound like a rant or it may sound like we're bitching and we kind of are, it does play into what's happening in the world and what this topic is really about. So I know we've actually 
soundingly, it seems like we've gone off on this tangent and to some degree we have, but we haven't. Here's the thing. Where we got to when our discussion, Stephanie and I discussing all of this was the question we came to is, are we coming to the end of an era? And we come to ends, uh, we've done what was, we refer to as era work in the past, not extensively, but it was introduced to us many years ago. And in our realization, Stephanie's realization actually, was that, are we coming to an end of an era? And I think the absolute answer to that is we are coming to the end of an era. And we come to the end of eras in all sorts of places in our life as we enter and, you know, transition from one age category to the next age category in our twenties or thirties or forties or fifties, et cetera, we are actually leaving one era and entering a new era. So an era is coming to an end and that can be with jobs, by the way, it can, you know, whatever career you might have, perhaps your business is coming to the end of an era. So these are all the conversation. And in Stephanie's case, and I don't want to speak for you, uh, you can maybe talk about the experience you had with your father, who is at 94 plus years old. And really that is coming to the end of an era, given what's going on for him. So you had that experience and that was kind of what brought it up. Why don't you share a little bit of that? And then people would relate to it, I think. Yeah, thanks for that. I think to acknowledge Carrie Granger and Alan Kahn for the conversation and the wording and, and the frame of, of looking at stages of life as eras, to me, it makes it feel a little bit more, I don't know, emotional or a little bit more um, practical when I'm looking at change or or things coming to an end. Because when something comes to an end, there's also a new beginning. You know, and the old uh, cliche is when one door closes, the other door opens. But for me, this last couple of weeks, spending some time with my 94-year-old father really got me grounded because I had to be completely present. He's going through an early onset dementia. It seems to be getting worse. So the father that I knew and grew up with is really changing right in front of my eyes. And to be with my brother in, in the apartment, in the family home, and being able to take care of him, I realized that as life stages change and shift, um, not just going from you know, knowing my father as a vibrant man two months ago to not being barely remembering, you know, things and not being able to speak very well. The era that's coming to a close is very, it's in the, in family, so familial. So it gave me a time to pause and it gave me time to recognize and reflect and really go back and look at the, the, the stages and the eras that I went through with my, my family and with my birth family and my and my dad in particular, you know, I got a chance to really close that an era, close my relationship with my mom when she was um, in sick in the hospital. She took about eight days in the hospital. I spent six of those sneaking into the hospital, which I've been slapped. My aunt's been slapped for that by certain family members. But I was not going to let her die alone because the end of that particular era gave me permission to really look at my life as um, who I've become because of her. And I'm doing the same with my dad right now. So as it comes to an era... And as this era comes to an end, I want to have all the emotions. I want to have all the experiences. I want to have as many memories as I can and to really acknowledge so that when this comes to a close and I'm going to be an orphan, um, hopefully not anytime soon, but looking at it as in a way of with a lot of grace and a lot of gratitude. Well, you know, the thing about eras and as we kind of talk through this, you know, I realize that there's an end to an era that we may choose. So the transition is quite, it's celebratory, isn't it? You know, if I'll leave the example of 
empty nesters, you know, parents, their kids are moving on to college or they're moving out away from home, or perhaps they're moving away from the city, going to another country, to another city, whatever that might be. It's the end of an era. And, you know, that's a transition that is often celebrated. It leaves, you know, a big gap for many parents, but ultimately it's the end of an era. And if you do that gracefully, if you do it intentionally, if you do it with celebration, which we just did a podcast on celebration, that would be an example of celebration. And if you're doing it intentionally from a mindset point of view, that is really owning it and celebrating that era and consciously bringing it to an end. Now, I'm going to go off on a little bit. So just a thought that I had, when the end of an era is being forced upon us, okay, now we know that your dad or my mom, we're both got parents 95 years old. I mean, that is going to be coming to the end of an era. What you're doing is, and we can't control that, right? It's, there's no control. That's life. That is the cycle of life, if you will. And ultimately you don't have control of that. What you do have control over, however, in which you've embracing, and you did that with your mom is to actually honor that shift, the end of an era of being well, you'll always be the child of your parents, but having that relationship with your parents in the physical world, right? And I think that that's an important understanding to have and to take. I go back to a couple of years ago, you know, our one of our businesses has been around 38 years. We were forced to close one of our locations and it happened to be on the south side of Edmonton. It was one of the original locations. It was the original location actually was south side. And it was really the end of an era for that business, that part of the business, we had really no choice but to shut the business down. It was a responsible business decision to make. But here's what I, as we got through this, is I went, I really didn't end, honor the end of that era. And I was pissed off. Like I was really pissed at what the government was doing, the overreaction to all of what was happening within the pandemic and the decisions that they were making. And I was at the effect of their decisions. And it really pissed me off. The other way I could have looked at that now in hindsight is going, you know, something I can't control it. I have to make the decisions I have to make. And I need to honor the end of an era of that community-based store that was very familiar within that world of uh, skating in this case. And uh, I think, again, in hindsight, it would have served me, us better if we would have just honored the end of that era. So long-winded, but that's my thought. Yeah, that's a really good point. I I really miss that story. And I think about the people that were so upset, you know, when there was such an overreaction and, and there's still people skating and there's still people outside. And there were things that we couldn't control that were being forced upon us. Got it. But then I looked at the responses of the clients and how frustrated our clients got. And they didn't want to drive to the West End and they were going to find a new store. And, but it, the ripple effect of those things. So you're right. I mean, had we celebrated, maybe had a blowout sale or or a celebration of some sort, we could have shared in that. And, you know, lessons learned. And I think that's something that um, I'm really seeing now with, um, and, and I guess back to our question, culturally, do you think we're coming to the end of an era? Um, social, Socially, um, economically, I know for sure we are. I'm seeing the real gap in, in losing the middle class. I mean, I would say we're middle class or maybe a little bit upper middle class, but we're losing so many different levels of our culture and our society. And I'm I'm feeling, I was just uh, in an airport in, in Edmonton and coming back into Abbotsford and driving around and feeling the anxiety. And I'm a pretty intuitive person. So I really work hard to keep myself grounded in those situations. 
but I was overhearing conversations and anger and the frustration and the sadness and the conversations are still happening. So I'm wondering if this end of an era of our culture, what's happening, what we're used to in life as we previously know it is coming to the end of, of this particular era. I think about the fourth turning. I think about the things that, you know, what do we do when, when like we're at a stage of life right now that our kids are never going to have this experience you know, they're going to be growing up in economic downtime. And how do you prepare for that? Well, I think there's a point that you make, you know, the fourth turning, but the fourth turning isn't just about, uh, you know, an industrial revolution going to a technological revolution. This is also a cultural revolution. You know, we are seeing the end of an era. And I think that if we can embrace the shift and realize that this is the ending of an era, and we just have to accept that and look at it and say, okay, how do we not just survive, but how do we thrive? How do we actually celebrate that ending of an era and consider the eras in a, in a broader picture? You know, it goes back to the industrial revolution. And then we look at what happened back even in the seventies and early eighties and when technology was starting to be the computer. And now we've now progressed to this place called AI and it's freaking people out. So a lot of people are very, very afraid of what AI is going to bring to, you know, bring to the world and not just the fear of, you know, all, are we going to be, you know, cyborgs or some version of that, that the AI taps into. And, you know, we've got AI guard dogs and AI armies and AI writers. And guess what? You know, we look at industries specifically, you know, a big fear around the legal industry right now and paralegals and those who write articles and bloggers and copywriters. And there's a lot of people going, I'm going to lose my job, but I want to go back. And yes, that is all true, by the way, I believe that that is really going to be what unfolds. But if you only look at it there, you're not honoring the shift of the era. And if you don't honor it, if you pretend not to know, if you choose to ignore, you will in fact be the fallout of that. I can go back and consider you and I think about this. I mean, when we started looking at what was happening with the internet, we were early adopters of the internet. Like we have never feared. We've often been early adopters. If I have any regrets, I'm not going to, I don't like to use the word regret, but think about, gosh, you know, we were early adopters of the use of it, but we didn't see the opportunity that it would create within it. That might've actually shifted how we you know, decisions we made around business, for example, like, why didn't we get into the, <laughs> the internet business? You know what I'm saying? Like we didn't do that. So my point is this, as we go into what we call the fourth turning, we realize that there is lots of technological changes going on, but there are cultural changes. You know, who would have thought that we'd ever be debating men, women, like, like it's, it's mind blowing that you know, we've all of a sudden decided that it's okay to teach 10 year olds in school how to have sex, like boys with boys and positions and the best positions. Like it's, it's shocking that we have digressed to that level, but it is the end of an era. Now I don't advocate that. It pisses me off. Got it. There's a lot of things happening in the world that I'm just not happy with. And I'm looking at it going, this makes absolutely no sense. Yet, it's not just a Canada thing. It is an absolute global phenomena. Again, I think part of the fourth turning, the end of an era. So 
What's our message here, Stephanie? I have my thought, but I wanted to hear from you. What is our message here? If we can just accept that, what is our message? I don't know if we have a message, but I love the fact that we can have a conversation about it. And maybe that's what the message is, is to bring the conversation more forward in in our lives and maybe in the lives of people who are listening, is that ask the question, you know, if we look around, things are changing. I embrace change. I'm a change agent. I used to, in my coaching, I used to call myself a change agent. And I was really all about helping people adapt and grow and look at their skill set and bring whatever forward that needed to be brought forward um, and leaving behind what you need to leave behind, et cetera. So I I embrace change. So it doesn't scare me. So I want to be a place where maybe, you know, people can have a conversation about change. What is changing in your life? What's changing? What changes do you like and what changes do you don't like? Or do you just don't like change, period? Because we get so comfortable in being comfortable that sometimes we don't know we're uncomfortable. And being, what is that line? I'd love that line about, you know, if we, something about, you know, change is going to happen, you know, externally, internally, it's going to happen. We don't stay still. We don't stay static. We're changing. We're growing on every breath. So as an end of an era comes up in a conversation, maybe just throw out some questions that we could maybe ask each other or people that are listening could ask their friends and family that, could maybe prepare for a new opportunity or a new possibility that could be opened up. I'm, we're looking at different ways of transitioning businesses and where we're living and how we're living and who we're hanging out with. And I'm really excited about the opportunities. And yes, I'm grieving some of the letting go and and I'm missing some of the people that just aren't jiving with us anymore. But I'm wondering if this this is what this podcast could be about is let's come up with some conversation and some questions about what do we want to know about change? What do we want to know about what, you know, what are we leaving behind and what are some of the possibilities that are coming forward? Well, I think, okay, so great points. And I think that where I would add to what you've said and you use the word that I think is important to kind of get to, which is grieving. And when we are going through certain changes. And and I'm going to go back to the change of an era. So if you're listening and you go, well, okay, I'm not quite following or where does this apply to me? So think about a shift in career. There, in fact, is the end of an era. The end of an era of you working at this particular business. And you may love that business. You may love that company. You may love the workers that you, you know, your workmates, your team, for example, but you're making a conscious choice to go on to what's next, or perhaps you're being forced out. But at the end of that kind of era, if you will, in leaving that particular career and or that business that you work for, it is a change in in an era. And there could be a grieving process that is in line with also celebrating the fact that it is a change of an era. And so again, you know, kids leaving the nest, you know, that is in fact a new era. And so when you look at your life and what is shaping and shifting to your point, life is dynamic. It is not static. Life in its entirety is dynamic. It's always changing. It's always shifting from a mindset point of view and how do we deal and how do we cope? And, you know, we can gear, walk around pissed off and angry. Like I sometimes find myself, but I'm also being able to draw back and going, now, especially like that conversation that we came to and doing this podcast really took a lot of the edge off. It's just the change of an era and I'm going to observe it. I'm going to watch it closely. I'm going to see where the opportunities that present themselves are. 
you know, we're at a stage in life that many people are going, now nah, I'm shutting it down. You know, I'm going to shut it down. You and I both agree that at this point in our lives, you know, like literally I have to remember to sign the documents. I go, no, I don't want my pension, you know, today, you know, put it off another five years. It's like crazy where I find myself. That is actually could be the change of an era, you know, at, at this point. Now, by the way, a, a 65 year old retirement age, it was human, like people imposed, like it's not a thing anymore. It is at least for me, I don't hold it that way. And who would have thought that we would be this young at 65? Well, you're not there. Well, I'm not there yet. But... You're not there yet. But the point is, is that's a change of an era. So I don't want to, I only want to go on with this whole point is that when we shift the view of the world, that we can fight against it. And I'm not saying that we should or we shouldn't. I think we take a stand and we decide to die on the hill we decide to die on. But at the end of the day, you look at it and go, this is an era, a shift in era, culturally, for sure, you know, from a society point of view, from a, I guess, an evolution of technology point of view. There's probably lots of in you know, that we're unpacking in all of this. But here's the thing about it. Can we really facilitate change in it? I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. I don't really believe that it's going to make a huge difference what government we vote for. Now, I'm going to vote the way I vote, and I'm going to hope like hell that whoever the new leader of our government is, that they will, in fact, initiate change. That is my responsibility. If I want change, then I have to try and hope. But again, when the very government that causes the problem is expected to be the solution to the problem that government creates, we're all losing our freaking minds. So that's that it's this change of an era is my point. And if we hold it that way, we could perhaps find some opportunity in that and take the edge off. Yeah, I think take the edge off is a, a really good one. And the other thing that you said is we can't force the river. And when we try to, it's impossible. There's a meme out there. I don't know if you remember seeing it, but there's this man in the ocean and he's got a, a broom or he's a rake or something is trying to move the, the sand. And, you know, there's just some useless things that we can do over and over again that maybe give us comfort. But the truth is, where are we going to take our stands and where are we going to, you know, for me, I want to be able to take a stand. That means, you know, I, I want to be uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, socially fit. You know, I want to make sure that this end of this era that I am experiencing and we're experiencing um, is also the the cultural experience. I'm looking in the, in the political uh, lane. You know, I'm looking at Alberta governments coming up with their provincial election pretty soon. We've got one party, you know, the progressives, I don't, the UCP, I think they're called. Uh, Danielle Smith is trying to nudge and push into the future and try to make change. And then there's the other one, the other leader, Notley, who's like, no, let's live in the past and let's look at all the great things. And I look at that dichotomy and I went, oh, even that. There's people that have are, are jumping ship one to the other because the messages are about either staying still, status quo, and that's comfortable for some people, which to me is the worst thing you can do. And that's what we experienced in BC, Alberta, with our NDP coalition with the Liberals. They, well, they're living in the past. There's no progressiveness in that. That's an inversion word. But then I look at the other side and go, okay, so change is uncertain. Change is, uh, is new and and maybe fearful of, of, or maybe people are fearful of that unknown. I would prefer to be in charge of creating my what's next rather than be forced to live in the past or forced to be told what I can do, what where I can go, what I can eat, where I can live. I'm, I'm tired of that level of control. So 
when you say what what can we control, what can't we control, the first thing I know for me, it will be my mindset. And I want to be a change agent for others. I want to be a change agent for you and for our friends and family that allows that opportunity and that uncertainty to exist. If the uncertainty doesn't exist, then there's no next certainty. We have to go through the uncomfortable of uh, uncomfortableness of uncertainty in order to get to what's next. And I think that, in my experience, is but what's really shut people down to even wanting to look at, at change or look at the end of an era. It's happening, whether you like it or not. It's we are coming to the end culturally of what we know to be true. And if we don't move forward, open our eyes and and just see what's around us and and maybe start to heal and heal some relationships. I think we're going to be in trouble. I'm not liking this this uh, conversation. Well, it is, <laughs> but that is it's true. It is very very uncomfortable. And the thought process of end of an era. I love what you said. It is so so important. And hopefully that's the value of a podcast like ours. Is that this is really about being mentally, emotionally, spiritually, hopefully physically strong and remaining healthy. And I think that. Physically, you know, we believe strongly that when your mental, emotional, spiritual kind of health is good, that that will manifest into a much healthier physical uh, way of being. I think the other thing that you said is really can't be stepped over is the healing of relationships. Because we look at the end of eras and you and I, we collectively know uh, sadly, many relationships that were broken down in terms of marriages, in terms of families, in terms of friends. I think about the friends that we had for many years. That's the end of an era because they are gone. They are no longer part of our life. That's the end of an era. And I can walk around in hindsight and go, what did I do wrong? Or was it us? Was it them? It really doesn't matter. Here's where it's at. It's the end of an era they've moved on. And for all the reasons that it came to be that, we can honor that, we can celebrate what the relationship was. And here's the thing that you and I both have learned over the years is that when you stop long enough to say, oh, there was so much value over the years in that relationship, regardless of how it ended. And if it blew up, got it. And we can be hanging around being bitter about it. We can be pissed off about it. We can be blaming about it and victim about it. And he did this and she did that. And he said this and he said that. We could do all of that. But if we shift that and go, that's all true for us, that's true, but let's not minimize or dishonor or disown what came out of that relationships, the learning, the networking, the contacts, the up-leveling, if you will, the opportunities, the experiences. So when we do it from that perspective, I think it's honoring the end of an era, but it's also then for us a way to step into a new era, to new beginnings. And I think it's important that for me, I go back to it, takes the edge off it, takes the sharpness off it. It actually gives me some comfort in going, yeah, it's just the end of an era. And when we look at what's happening in the world, it's change. So much of this change is being forced on us. We don't understand it. It makes no sense. But consider well, all the things that we talked about when it looks at AI or when it looks at what's happening in the world of wokeness and how they view the world. And, you know, now they have 
you know, their, their, their treatment for addiction is to provide more drugs to addicts. Like, how does that make any sense? It doesn't. But, it doesn't, but got it. But think about this. It makes sense to somebody and it makes sense to enough people that they're going to go forward with it. Got it. Like, I don't understand it. So I just have to honor the fact that it's the end of an era and the way of thinking, the way of culturally being, the way that whoever is running the show, the way they see the societal changes happening, they're going to happen. And I quite frankly don't believe I've come to this conclusion. I'm stating this publicly for the first time. I don't think we have a freaking choice. I think it's going to unfold the way it unfolds. You talk about Notley. She's got an agenda. You know, she's part of the World Economic Forum. That is a thing. They are very public in their statements about where they see this going with Agenda 2030, Agenda 2035, what we'll be doing, what we'll be uh, driving or not driving, where we'll be living, not living. I think we can fight, but at the end of the day, it'll be revolutionary, not evolutionary. Exactly. And I just don't think that we are really going to have a choice. Now, does that freak me out? A hundred percent. I'm going to step back and go, this is the transition from one era to the next. It's going to be messy. It is likely to be really uncomfortable, in some cases painful. But I'll tell you one thing, it's going to be far more painful if we don't mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically look after ourselves, look after our families, look after our friends, our chosen family, our family, whatever that might be. And consciously go into it that way. Do you follow that thought process? I that I like I say that's where I'm at with it. No, I get it. I, I appreciate that because that's really the first time I've heard you really that clear, and I, I really appreciate it. You know, I was um, doing the uh, the quantum speed uh, programs all started up again this year, and I'm so grateful for the team around me: Nina, Jadine, Al, Caroline, like everybody, Michael, like just the team around me right now. I did a seminar for some 12 to 14 year olds. And the topic was um, the circle of support. And I think in shift and maybe in maybe in mindset matters, we did it. But what I was talking about, and it's really threw the parents off because I've never had this many parents in a seminar. It was fantastic talking to the to the players, but also having that dual conversation happening with the kids. Here's what the outcome was. I was talking about the circle, about who is in your circle of support. Who do you choose to put in your circle? Who's supporting you? And I have this concept called your performer self. And your performer self, like when you're performing and you're giving the world something to judge, you're giving the performance to judge. So I was talking about when you're a teammate, it's really important that you're being quite self-centered and centered when you're doing your training. Well, you could, I could hear an audible gasp, like the parents are like, oh, don't say that. They can't be selfish. It's a team sport. And I went, well, yes, they, in training and development, it's that's an individual thing. I have to get myself in shape to be a great teammate. There's no such thing as team development or team health, or like public health. Like we've got this mindset for some reason that we're this giant collective and we're really not yet. Unless we're living in the Star Trek or Star Wars world, we're not a collective yet. That's coming maybe with AI. But what it hit me like a ton of bricks where these parents were still thinking, even at 12 to 13, 14 years old, that their sons and daughters were a part of a team and that was going to develop them. And yes, it's part of the community. But what I was able to separate out was that who is the individual that's taking care of the individual to be a good teammate? And if we transpose this onto our culture and our society, if I'm not taking care of myself and you're not taking care of yourself and we're not taking care of each other, then 
we can't be functioning members of a, of, a, of, of a powerful and positive society or culture. So over the last couple of years, that concept has been taken away, I think, from people in a way that they're thinking, well, if I'm taking care of myself, I'm being selfish, and that's going to kill grandma. And so it, it, there's this gap and this leap that's been made, and I want to be able to close that gap. And as this era, for example, I'm going through that with Quantum Speed right now and with Ice Academy Montreal, there's eras that, that are both that are coming to an end so that a new era can open up. So the history comes and the positive and the learnings come. But in that moment, it still is about me being in the best contribution I can be. And I don't want to step over that. If you're still listening to this, Please take care of yourself so that you can be a functioning member of this new world order or this new culture, you know, of, of what's coming down the pipe. Because to your point, Patrick, it's coming. It's been coming for since tide began. And the first time I became aware of it was in 1992. So I know that this has been coming for a long time and we've been preparing on some level. But I don't think we had any idea that it was going to look like this. So the I and team, for all you hockey people out there, there is an I and team. There is. It, and it's really important that you understand that you are the most important person in your circle of support. And it's important that you put around you in your performer star and in your structure of support, people of like mind, people that support you, people that challenge you, people that want the best for you when you want the best for them. I mean, that to me, that's the start of the new era that I'm wanting to help us build and also help the people that we care about. You know, you, you hit a lot of points there and, you know, I'm going to transition into another part of the conversation as we start to wind down here, but I think you said it and I just, it's just so worth repeating. And that is that it is absolutely imperative that you look after yourself. It is the meme of put your oxygen mask on first in case of emergency. And the reason is so that you can, in fact, look after those around you. You know, when we, if we want to give a comparative, you know, when we look at those individuals that we consider homeless or street on the street, they're living on the street, they don't have the ability, whether it be mental capacity or whatever that is, to look after themselves. They cannot look after others. So consider that as much as we think it's selfish to look after ourselves, to take the time you know, moms are infamous for it. We use that often as an example because they look after kids and husbands and in-laws and outlaws and all the stuff that goes in and they forget to look after themselves. And, you know, one day, you know, 25 years later, they wake up bitter and pissed off and the next thing you know, there's a divorce because they didn't look after themselves. So it is so much value to understand that concept. And I just wanted to highlight it again. You know, as we consider the new era that we're transitioning into, as we honor the transition from an existing era. I think it's really important to, you know, embrace that change, look after ourselves and know that the transition is going to be messy. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be all of those things, but like AI, don't focus on the downside only because it is going to happen. AI is not going to stop. And we look at even the days of computers, I remember in the eighties, oh my gosh, everybody's going to lose their job. You know, we're going to get laid off. There's, you know, we're not going to be printing paper. Like, I mean, it was so ridiculous because we didn't know it was a time of what the hell is this technology going to do? We're all going to lose our job. It's going to be computers doing our jobs. What did it do? You know, it opened up a multi-trillion dollar opportunity for the world, you know, and jobs and creation and all the rest of it. So as much as we're going through the pain and the transition, and I'm 
kind of like going, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. It's going. And so I think we have to be mindful that in all of this will be opportunity. And will it be kind of ugly? <laughs> yeah, I think it will be. And we'll come out the other side. And stories aside of, you know, depopulation and eating bugs or, you know, driving EV or whatever the story is going to be, that aside, I think there's going to be huge opportunities if we open up to it. Let's not spend our time pushing back too hard and not looking into the future because we want to keep pushing back. And when you push back on something, you're only looking the wrong direction. So in the age old philosophy of martial arts, when somebody pushes, pull. When so, you're pushed, pull. When you're pulled, push. Push. That's it. So the thing is, is ultimately the other way to say that, I guess, is go with the flow and, you know, don't fight the river. You know, that's really it. You know, don't yeah. force the river. And I'd like to just close on on one piece of that that you said, Han, is that we also add the moments of pause, maybe some reflection, take some silence, some stillness. Because notice what you're attaching to through this change. Are you going to put your pronouns on your signature? Are you going to take a stand for men competing in female sports? What is what are what are you going to be doing and how hard are you going to? Because to be honest, those are transitory as well. And as I've watched over the last five years about things that are coming in, people are attaching to, and then they find out that maybe that wasn't true. And now I have to unbelieve in that, or now I'm I was wrong, but I can't admit that I was wrong. So there's a, um, a place of mental, basically, toughness and capacity so that we use and bring in our critical thinking skills from a place of being aware. Is something being propagandized and be, are we being told to do something that's so against our values that we do it anyway to fit in? So I just wanted, yes, we have to take care of ourselves and each other so that we can I mean, the critical thinking has gone out the window, I think, even in airline travel. I saw a, a, a presentation on the plane last night coming home that the, the, act, the flight attendant actually says, if you're wearing a face mask, take your face mask off before you put on your mask. Like they're actually having to tell people that. Yeah. So let's let's make sure that we are evolving and we're bringing our critical thinking skills along through at the end of this era and as we open up to the new era, because I think if we just stop and we just embrace the things that the TV's telling us, then there's no new era that is going to be as full of possibilities as we believe. Beautiful. And this was an interesting topic. I'm glad that we talked this through. I actually feel hopeful. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but you know, no. there's something about that honoring the end of an era. So Stephanie, thanks for doing this and great conversation. Yeah, thanks, Ben. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.